0: When you look at the different Gospels, you will find that each one of the Gospel writers will emphasize a, a little bit of a, a different aspect about Christ. You, you'll find Matthew portraying Christ as, as the King of the Jews, as the, the Son of David, the, the one who was going to come to sit upon Israel's throne, written primarily to the Jews. You, you'll, you'll find Mark presenting Christ as that, that servant. Um, and, uh, and Luke, primarily as um, seeing the humanity of Christ as our Savior, the perfect man. And with John, as we look at the Gospel of John, the Gospel of John's is unique. Typically, you'll, you they refer to Matthew, Mark, and Luke as the synoptic Gospels. And then you have the Gospel of John, and the Gospel of John, you see that he is presented as 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 God, as the heavenly one who's come down to earth, um, the one who is eternal, the one who tabernacles himself with with people, but like God Himself, and although all of the the writers of Scripture. Reveal to us that the deity of Christ. We see John just wants us to be able to see that. Wants us to be able to see Christ for who he is. We see in, in, in chapter 20 where he, he tells us in verse 30. And, and, and truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples. So he's talked about all these things. Truly, Jesus has done many, he did many other signs in the presence of his his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. So he just tells us, this is why I'm writing this book. I'm writing this book so that and have written these things down, inspired by the Holy Spirit, so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that believing you may have life in his name. There is just a very specific purpose in which John is writing this book. To be able to see the deity of Christ, to be able to see him as Second person of the Trinity, the triune, part of the triune Godhead, the, the Son of God, is something that is just so important for us. Doctrine for us matters. To, to be able to, to go through and to be able to look at who Christ is and, and, and to be able to understand it is, is something so very important to us. I, I see that, that there's a, a shift in the way that people think today where theology matters less and less. Uh, unity is something that is, is presented as something that matters more and more. The, ch- the churches are to be in unity even when doctrine is, is far different. I've mentioned this before, but I, I think that it's, it's fresh in your mind still that that we, we saw that a, a lot with the 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 last presidential election um, with Mitt Romney running for for president and he may be running again in a couple years but looking at it and and seeing this man he's a, he's a he's a Mormon and during that time, him being a Mormon was hardly mentioned at all it, it was a a big deal when when a president ran as as a Catholic like we saw with Kennedy or Carter proclaiming to be an evangelical and what that meant, and looking at the religion of Reagan or Bush or Clinton and and trying to see what is it that they believe can can someone who's a Catholic be elected in in the united states or or l- looking at president obama and 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 looking at where he was as 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 far as where did he go to to church and and they they maybe mentioned a little bit of what his pastor said, Jeremiah Wright, and looking at it and and I have no problem saying I, I so much of what that pastor said was just atrocious to me and a social gospel that was no gospel at all and and things that that he said that would God help us never' have anything like that come from a pulpit like this but but you weren't supposed to say anything negative about that, and then with Mitt Romney running you you, you saw mormonism and and uh, I would watch the news and see someone take a bold step and say, no, we, we find Mormonism to be a cult. It's not a part of Christianity. It's, it, it is not a part of of, of the church. Um, they believe things far different than, than what Christians believe. And you had evangelicals, you had major leaders all over our country just condemning anybody who said, Anything in opposition to Mormonism. And it was something where we were supposed to just take steps back and say it doesn't matter what somebody believes. It doesn't matter. They believe in Jesus too. It's, they believe in the Bible. They have the Book of Mormon, but they believe in the Bible too. And... We are just not supposed to say anything about the particulars of what they believe. To say anything negative about Jehovah's Witnesses or to say anything negative about any group that holds to doctrines that are far different than what we believe as Christians is something in our society that is is, is not liked. In, in fact, in times past where I've mentioned Differences in Mormonism or or other cults. I, I've have had people after the service say, "Man, I, I can't believe you said that from the pulpit." Um, we never hear anybody talk like that, and and there was some shock to it. I, I pray that that this morning you're able to see why it matters, why why it matters that. We believe that Jesus is God. That he is deity. That he is second person in the Trinity. The son of God who has been. Always existing. Eternal. All powerful. All the attributes of the Godhead. Fullness of deity. And not. Not. As Mormons would teach, the brother of Lucifer. One God possibly that is in existence um, as far as the God of this world that has come from other gods and numerous gods that have gone before. There is a reason why it is essential that we see Christ to be The creator of all things and not a part of creation. In 325 AD, there was a group of people that got together to search through scripture and to and to form a a statement of this is what we believe. And was laid out in what's known as the Nicene Creed. And for some of you, you, you it's, it's automatically in your memory, the, the Nicene Creed, because you've repeated it so many times. Um, for others of you, maybe it's, it's vaguely familiar, but I encourage you to, to read it and to memorize it. it. It states there I believe in one God, the Father Almighty maker of heaven and earth and of all things visible and invisible. And in one Lord Jesus Christ, now listen to the the details of the wording and how it is worded and why it is worded this way. And in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, Very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made. Who for us men, for our salvation, came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man. He was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and on the third day he rose again, according to the Scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he shall come again with glory to judge the quick and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. I also, and, and I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets, and I believe in one holy Catholic and Apostolic Church. And it refers to Catholic and Apostolic Church. The Catholic is meaning universal church, not Roman Catholic. I believe in one holy, universal Catholic and Apostolic Church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. very particular in how it is worded. Begotten of the Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father by whom all things were made. The Council of of Chalcedon in 451 A.D., just about 100 years later, wrote again clarifying the deity of Christ in which they say, Therefore, following the Holy Fathers, we all with one accord teach men to acknowledge one and the same Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at once complete in Godhead and complete in manhood, truly God and truly man, consisting also of a reasonable soul and body, of one substance with the Father as regards his Godhead. At the same time, of one substance with us as regards his manhood, like us in all respects apart from sin, as regards his his godhead begotten of the Father before the ages, but yet as regards to his manhood begotten for us men and for our salvation of the Mary of, of Mary the Virgin, the God-bearer one and the same Christ, Son, Lord, only begotten, recognized in two natures, without confusion, without change, without division, without separation, the distinction of natures being in no way annulled by the union, but rather the characteristics of each nature being preserved and coming together to form one person in substance, not as parted or separated into two persons, but one and the same Son, the only begotten, God the Word, the Lord Jesus Christ, even as the prophets from the earliest times spoke of Him, and our Lord Jesus Christ Himself taught us, as the creed of the fathers has handed down to us. Just details that are given, incredible details, wording that's given, because it matters what we believe. It matters whether you believe that Jesus was fully God and fully man at the same time, because the Bible teaches that he was fully God and fully man at the same time. It matters that we believe in a triune God, where Jesus has all of the attributes of the Godhead and he has always existed as the eternal God. It's important that no one ever confuses us and says, no, he he was created just like Lucifer was created. It's, it's important that we hear something like that in it All of the scriptures come to mind as far as, no, far be it from that. That is not the truth. That is not the Jesus of the Bible. That is not what God says in scripture. And it matters to us. It matters absolutely to us that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, the eternal God, who has always existed, fully God, became man so that he could suffer and die on the cross for our sins. It matters because that's salvation to us. If if Christ was not God he he could never have died on the cross and become the payment for all of us. No no created being no earthly being could ever come and die to be the payment for all of us. It had to be Christ, it had to be God himself. And he had to be fully God and fully man because God does not die. He had to be fully man so that he could take all of the punishment that we deserved upon himself. These doctrines matter and we are going to spend a great deal of time talking about these things as we go through the book of John. His deity is absolutely necessary. And we will see it so clearly in the scriptures before us this morning. So John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In the beginning. You see that John just... Doesn't start out with saying, "Well, here is the genealogies of 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 Christ and taking him from Mary or taking him from Joseph all the way through." He he doesn't talk about his birth. He doesn't talk about any of those things. He just jumps in first verse and he has a mission to show us this. In the beginning was the word. In the beginning begins just as Genesis begins by saying, "In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth." John says, "In the beginning." was the Word. Was the Word. You, you may look and say, well, what is the Word? What's the Word? Um, look a few verses down to John chapter 1, verse 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld His glory, the glory as... Of The only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. So w- without a doubt, you look at it, who is the Word? Well, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory. He was the one that John the Baptist proclaimed. The Word is Christ. And so we look at this section of Scripture... In the beginning was the Word. In the beginning was Christ. And the Word, or Christ, was with God. And the Word, or Christ, was God. He was in the beginning with God. And all things were made through Him. And without Him, nothing was made that was made. The Word. We see... That, that phrase would have been something that both the Jews and the Gentiles would have looked at and knew exactly what it meant. The idea of, of the word amongst the Gentiles was one in which you'd see writers that had written even before Christ um, uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times but referring to the word as that of, of deity, that of 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 power. The Jews would have looked and, and thought of sections of scripture like Psalm 33 and verse 6, where it says, By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deep in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. The word of the Lord made the heavens. We see the word mentioned again in, in, in Revelation 19 and verse 11 where John's there and he says, Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. It's an incredible picture of just Christ there. Eyes like a flaming fire. And what's his name? His name is called the Word of God. The armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that With it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. The word of God, King of kings and Lord of lords. You see in in Proverbs 8 where in verses twenty two through thirty it gives us this 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 picture of the word and wisdom and 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 this 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 picture of, of God being wisdom and God being the word and, and says the Lord possessed me at the beginning by his way, before his works of old have been established from everlasting, from the beginning, before there was an earth, when there was no depths I was brought forth, when there was no fountains abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills. I was brought forth, meaning the word. While as yet he had not made the earth or the fields or the primal dust of the world, when he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limits so that the waters would not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him as a master craftsman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him. This incredible picture there in, in Proverbs 8 of deity of Christ, the word of God. And so, we see in our text this morning, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. The word was God. We look in scripture and, and, and we find that it is not difficult to to go through and to see that Christ is presented to us over and over again as God. Verses that are familiar to you, but but I think it's important for us to to think these things through this morning because there's times where someone says, Well, Jesus never said that he was God. Other people said that he was God. He never said that he was God. The Bible never says that he's God. Jehovah's Witnesses will take you to this particular passage and say, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. Go through and and, and they'll say, it doesn't say that Jesus is God. Well, let me give you some verses just to, to think through to... Just to make this crystal clear to you this morning. Think think of Jesus' birth in Luke 2, verse 11, where angels are there. The proclamation goes forward, For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. A Savior. Who is it? It is Christ the Lord. Or think of Elizabeth saying to Mary in Luke 1.43, but why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? The passage that we just read in reference to Christ in Revelation 19, verse 16, on a thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Specifically being referred to as God where you find it where Thomas is there, and, and Jesus tells him to put his finger in, his, in, in the holes in his hands and in his side. And Thomas responds by saying, My Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. Think of Paul in the book of Romans, where in chapter 9, verse 5, he says, Of whom are the fathers, and from whom, according to the flesh, Christ came, who is over all, the eternally blessed God. Amen. Who? Christ came, who is over all. And who is he? The eternally blessed, blessed God. Also in Titus chapter 2, verse 13, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Specifically referred to in scripture, our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Christ. Hebrews one eight. But to the Son he says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. Referring to the Son, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. 2 Peter 1 1, Simon Peter, a bond servant of the apostle Jesus, of Jesus, a bond servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Or you think of the, the Christmas passage that we read so often in, in Isaiah 9:6, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called wonderful counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. But specifically, in His name will be called Mighty God. We look in Scripture and we see that He is not only presented as God as far as referred to as God or referred to as Lord, but Scripture makes it very clear that you are to worship God alone. In fact, you see it in the book of Revelation where they bow down to the angel and the angel's like, get up. This did not work out well for other angels that wanted to be worshiped. Get up. Why? Because you're only to worship God. Get up. I mean, you can see the angel's like, do, 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 you. Get up now. Quick. And yet, we see Christ worshiped. In Hebrews 1.6, but when he again brings forth the firstborn into the world, he says, let all the angels of God worship him. Worship him. And John 5.23 tells us that all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Philippians 2.9 says, Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and those of the earth and those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In Revelation chapter 5 and verse 12 you see this multitude that's saying worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard saying blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. And then the four living creatures said, amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshiped him who lives forever and ever. And so when the Jehovah's Witness comes to you and says, no, Christ is not God. There's only one God who is the Father. Christ is not God. He is not deity. When the Mormon says, Christ is not God. He is the Son of God, one of many, but he is not God. We need to be able to go to Scripture and say, no, it says that he is God. It says that he is Lord. Not only that, but he allows himself to be worshipped over and over and over again in Scripture. And God alone is to be worshipped. Because they'll say, Jesus was a prophet, or Jesus was a nice man, or Jesus was a good teacher, but he was not God. And you look at this, and you look all throughout Scripture, and you say, no, 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 he is God. He reveals himself as God, and he knows that he is God, and he allows himself to be worshipped as God, to where even there in heaven, and as John is writing all of these things, and seeing all of these things, there's four living creatures, and they're saying, amen, and the 24 elders fall down, and they worship him who lives forever and ever. Jesus claimed to be God. In John 8, 56, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. And then the Jews said to him, You're not yet 50 years old, and you've seen Abraham? And Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I to you before Abraham was, I am. Using the phrase, I am. And we'll get to that as we look at John chapter 8. But clearly, they understood what he was saying, because they pick up stones to throw at him. They knew exactly what he was saying. Jesus referred to himself as, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. In Revelation 1.7, Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. And Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, The Almighty. We see Jesus do things that only God can do. He gives eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Only God can give eternal life. He forgives sins. He says to the, the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven you. The scribes and, the, and the, are sitting there and they're raising their heart. Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? He's blaspheming. He just said that your sins are forgiven. No one can forgive sins but God. Jesus knows what these guys are saying. He says, which is easier? What's easier? To say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you? Or to say, "Rise, arise, take up your bed and walk? And then Jesus says, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on the earth to forgive sins. He says to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. And immediately he arose and he took up the bed and he went out in the presence of them all so that all were amazed and glorified together, glorified God saying, we never saw anything like this. He has the power not only to cause a paralytic to take up his bed and walk, but even more so he has the power to forgive sins. Clearly, in our passage before us this morning, it says, And the Word was God. Um, in each one of these, these the, the, the Word that is used is, is in the Greek. Um, it's in the imperfect tense to where it's, In the beginning was the Word, meaning was continually being the Word. Um, the Word was with God, or was continually with God. It's ongoing. And the word was God, was continually God. He was continually in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. He was God. He is God. Hebrews 1.3, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, or upholding all things by the word of his power, he is the express image of God. Colossians 2, 9, for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. In him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And then you think of fully God, God of God, light of light. It's a reason why they say it like that. In John 1.18, no one has seen God at any time, the only begotten Son who is in the bosom of the Father. He has declared Him, declared the Word of God. When you want to see God, you look at Christ. Jesus said in Matthew 11.27, All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, the one to whom the Son and, and and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal Him. There's this picture that is, is given, is this 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 account that's given in, in John chapter 14, where the disciples are there, and it's, it's just the sweet sweet account where Jesus tells them to not be afraid. In my Father's houses are, in my Father's house are, are many mansions. If it weren't so, I would have told you I've gone to prepare a place for you. And you see the disciples that are there. Um, Listening, and, and Jesus says, if you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him, and you have seen him. It, from now on, from this you know the Father. Philip is there and says, says Lord, show us the Father. And it's sufficient for us. You, you see Philip there, and, and Jesus is speaking to him, and, and Philip, the disciple, is there just going, Lord, could you show us the Father? We, we, uh, we want to see something spectacular. We want to see something amazing. Would you show us the Father? That's all we want. That's sufficient for us. If you just, if you just show us the Father, I just want to see God. You'll hear people say that today. Like, if, if God, if, I, if he just appeared before me and said, I exist, and this is who I am, then I'd believe well similar with Philip just can you just show us the father Jesus said to him have i been with you so long and yet you've not known me philip he who has seen me has seen the father so how can you say show us the father do you not believe that i am in the father and the father in me that the words that I speak to you I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works? Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Have you, have you not known me? Have you not seen me? You see, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and verse 6, for it is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God. Where? In the face of Jesus Christ. This ought to be something that causes our hearts to, to be brought to a place of just heartfelt praise this morning. In the beginning was the Word, was Jesus. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In the beginning, Christ. Before anything was created, in the beginning, Christ. And he is God. He is the express image of God. When you see him, you see the Father. To where... We ought to look at this and just be in awe as, as John is writing this he wants us to to be able to look at at John chapter one verse one and verse two and verse three and look at this and just, you know, Christ is God. You see him and you see the Father, you see the Creator of all that exists. you, you, you go outside and, and you, you look at the stars and it's just it's breathtaking we we spend. The, the last several days since last Sunday in Big Sur, giant redwoods that are just touching the sky, stars just brilliantly shining out there at night, looking at just God's creation and just enjoying it. And just to, to think that the one who created the countless stars, the one who created Trees and made it so they had like a fire repellent in the bark, so they could just grow gigantic. The, the the one who who made us and made every detail of us. To think of this one and to think, I know him. I mean, people say, "Well, I, I know God through nature." Well, yeah, you, you can know him some through nature, but. You know him through the Son. You know him through Christ. You know him through the Word. You look and you see one who reaches out and touches a leper's hand and says, I'm willing to be cleansed. He didn't have to touch him. But he touched him. You look at one in whom there's this woman caught in adultery. And the, these guys, they, 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 all, they all bring him. Moses tells us that, that she should be stoned. What do you say? And he just starts to stoop down and to write in the ground, and one after another of these men leave. Looks to the woman, Woman, where are your accusers, those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? And she says, No one, Lord. Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. We look at that story and we look at Christ. We look at God. We look at the Father. We see his heart. We see fully who he is where there's this woman caught in the very act of adultery and there's guys that are just ready. Let's just pick up stones now. Let's just let's start pelting her with these stones until she is dead. Let's do that. That's what we're supposed to do, right? Let's do that. Jesus starts writing in the ground. I don't know what he wrote. But the oldest to the youngest, they all just I'm out of here i'm not I'm not going to throw that first stone. Maybe he wrote something that they did. They just got I'm, I'm, I'm leaving looks to this this young lady who has just been in just outright sin. Where are your accusers? Where are the ones that were going to condemn you though? There are, there's, there's none, Lord. Neither do I condemn you. Go your way and sin no more. Grace. You may be here this morning just sin like, that is me, that's me, that's me. I'm the sinner. You, you don't know what I've done. There's this list of sins that I've done that no one knows and you just you see where sin abounds, grace abounds much more and you just see it in the picture of Christ just writing, where are your accusers? I don't condemn you either. Go your way and sin no more. Repent. You look and you hear Jesus say things like, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And when you hear him say that, you hear the very heart of the Father saying it. You see Jesus there and And he rose from supper, and he laid aside his garments, and he took a towel, and he girded himself. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. And when you see that, when you see Christ there washing their feet, you see the Father. And when you see Jesus, where the time has come, and he... tells us that he is about ready to go to the cross, and he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. You see the Father. You see God. You see God just saying, I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm going. The time's come. The time's at hand. It's time for me to go to the cross. It's time for me to take the sin of the world upon myself, to take it upon myself so that they can be forgiven and my holiness can be maintained in Justice can be maintained, and sin can be removed for all eternity. And he he knows of the times at hand. And it, it tells us literally, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. He set his face to go. And you see God. You see the heart of God. You see the heart of our Father. You see him there. Behold, your king is coming to you lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey, and you see the creator of this universe, humbly on the colt, the foal of a donkey. You see him where the people are there, and they're crucifying him, and and he prays, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Right before they divided his garments to cast lots for them, and you look and you just see the heart of Almighty God. Forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. Forgive them. You look at him as he's being nailed to the cross. Nails going into his hands. Nail in his feet. A crown of thorns upon his his head. Being whipped and being beaten. And taking all of our sin upon himself. And you look and you say, that is God. That is our creator. That is the one who has always existed. He became a man. He became the least of all men. He took sin upon himself so that we could spend eternity with him in the joy of the Lord. And when you look at Christ, you see... The Father, in the beginning, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And you look at it, and it's just amazing to see the creator of this universe, the eternal one. We look, in. I'm in awe of our Lord this morning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him. And without Him, nothing was made that was made. He is eternal. He created all things. He existed before anything had ever been created. He is the uncreated one. He is the eternal one. He is the one that has always existed. To where John wants us to look at this this morning and just say, Christ is God. He is deity. He's God. Without any doubt, He's God. Let every heresy come and go and go. But we know as believers that in the beginning it was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He created all things. He is eternal. And we look and we're just in awe of Him, aren't we, this morning? You look and you see Him. You say, He is he's not a God that wants us to to do all of these things, obey the five pillars, or to... Throw our hair into the river and get a million years of life, eternal life for every hair that falls into the river. He doesn't want us to do these things. He doesn't want us to do all of these things to try to earn favor with him. Rather, he says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He did all of these things. He saved us. He became man, and he saved us. He has always existed. Behold your God. This is who he is. He is the creator. He is the God of the universe, and Christ is him. What a God we serve. Creator of everything that exists. And then we see him become fully man, lying in a manger, living and revealing to us the creator of this universe in his entirety, displayed in his glory. And then to think he has made a way for us to spend eternity with him. May we never doubt the deity of Christ Rather, may we worship him. May we not hesitate to worship him as our almighty God. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for just the first three verses in the book of John. What a display of you and your deity and your perfection and all that you are, creator of all things, eternal with the Father. We, We just... We look forward just to hearing your prayers to the Father in John 17 as you just, the glory that you enjoyed with Him from the beginning, all that has been there, the sweet fellowship that is there with the Father, this perfect unity that is there with the Trinity. And we just, we look forward through the entirety of this book just to see pictures of our Creator, Almighty God, Sovereign God, All-Powerful God in all places at all times, the One who rules all things, and to be able to see you in the face of Christ over and over again. What a God we serve. May we worship you now this morning in spirit and in truth and in all that is within us. As people said, amen.